This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. And on this Thursday, April the 14th, we say good morning to Heather Lopez. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Gary. And hello to all who are listening this morning and welcome to Wellspring, a weekly radio show sponsored by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital. So April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month and sexual harassment, assault and abuse can really happen anywhere and to anyone. So joining me this morning is Suzanne Caterberg. She's a crisis and supportive services coordinator for resilience advocates for ending violence in Holland. And she's here with us to share all about their organization and how they work to support those who experience violence and assault. So good morning, Suzanne. Good morning. Can you start by telling us a little about yourself and what is your role at Resilience? Absolutely. So I am the Crisis and Supportive Services Coordinator, which sounds like a lot of words, uh, but primarily my role is to oversee the 24-hour helpline uh, to manage a team of crisis advocates who meet with individuals who are experiencing interpersonal violence. Uh, and so our, our role is, is meeting with individuals and being able to meet with them in person or virtually. Um, and I also um, support the team through our sexual assault program um, in coordinating volunteers and training volunteers and things like that. Prior to my role, I've been here at Resilience for two years or for one year, excuse me one year. Uh, so I am new to this role. However, I've worked for about 20 years uh, in this field. I worked uh, at the YWCA West Central Michigan for 20 years, coordinating um, and training volunteers in the sexual assault program and, and doing similar work out in Kent County. So, um, so it's not unfamiliar to me, uh, but Ottawa County is a newer um, area for me. And certainly my role with resilience is newer. Yeah, so you're bringing some great experience to the role. Um, for those who are listening, can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the history of resilience and what is their mission? Sure. And, you know, like a lot of uh, service providers in domestic and sexual violence, um, you know, that shift in our culture happened around in the 70s. And resilience is no, um, no different in that shift from looking at domestic violence from a personal issue really to a public um, health initiative. And so in, in 1977, um, you know, the Grand Haven JCs decided we needed to do something to support women who are in abusive situations. And so they started the helpline out in Grand Haven. And, you know, in, in the 80s, um, that's when we really um, exploded in growth because of the uh, Victims of Crime Act money. Uh, and so we were able to offer um, an office in Allegan. And, you know, today we have uh, offices in Grand Haven, Holland, and in Allegan. Um, back in, you know, the 70s, we had a hospitality house um, where we started doing some of that initial emergency shelter work. Um, and then in the 90s, um, really started to move into transitional residence programs. Um, and then, in, and also um, implementing our individual case management model of serving individuals. Um, obviously, we had a huge uh, capital campaign, and in around 2001, we really um, exploded with our services. That's when we 
opened our new facility. We had a sexual assault nurse examiner program that started and our children's program. Um, so our, our SANE program, the sexual assault nurse examiner, was able to start providing 24-hour emergency exams for rape victims. Our children's program provided assessment and short-term therapy for children who've witnessed domestic violence in their home. Um, and then we also expanded our emergency shelter um, so that we could offer more safety for individuals who are leaving unsafe situations. Um, so over the next 10 years from that 2001 huge expansion, we were really moving quickly into providing more and more services for individuals through transitional housing. Um, and then, you know, in 2000. 19. Um, well, actually, it started in 2017. We started the process of rebranding because, as you know, um, most people still think of us from our founding as the Center for Women in Transition. That's really who we were for decades. And in 2017, really recognized um, the need to rebrand our organization um, to be more reflective of who we're serving, which is we do have always served inclusively uh, women and men. And so I think our, our branding or rebranding really is more representative of that. So in 2019, we did change our name to Resilience. Um, although again, some folks still refer to us as CWIT or the Center for Women in Transition, um, but we are Resilience. We are the same organization, uh, but I think our work really um, is more reflective of this expansive um, you know, service that we provide to folks in our community. Uh, so resilience is who we are. Uh, and again, with the pandemic, that also created opportunities for us to have to rethink how do we provide services to, to individuals, right? So we've had this cultural shift from the 70s into moving into working in interpersonal violence to today where we're thinking about how do we reach people in a pandemic. Um, and so we've moved a lot of services to um, offer virtual appointments. Um, we do see people individually in person. They can walk in during our business hours and get support that they need, um, but they can also meet virtually if they prefer. So we can, you know, thanks to the pandemic, I suppose, um, we've been able to move into reaching people at a number of different uh, places. Yeah, so a lot of history and changes that you've been through over the past several decades that has led to what Services Resilience now offers. And as I stated previously, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, so this can be a hard topic for many to discuss, but really so important to shed light on and discuss the ways to support those who do experience this. And Suzanne, re recently, Resilience has expanded some of those services for sexual assault. Can you tell us a little bit about this expansion? Sure. Um, you know, while we've always provided uh, 24 hour sexual assault services, um, again, since 2001, we, we did so with a, a very limited staff. Uh, we had a part time, very part time nurse manager, um, and we had, um, you know, we just had, there was a lot that we really couldn't do uh, in terms of what the time that it takes to really make sure that people in our community understand what's available. So, so many people uh, don't know 
what is available in Ottawa County to support survivors. And so uh, we have been able to hire a full-time nurse manager. Uh, her name is Beth Curley, and she comes to us from the Muskegon area. Uh, we also have a uh, sexual assault specialist uh, who is uh, works as a crisis advocate, uh, Maddie Bravaca, and she also provides um, advocacy um, for sexual assault patients. Uh, so that new expansion has allowed us to be able to educate more of our community, both our urgent cares and hospitals, but doctor's offices, um, police agencies, um, colleges, and communities. And although Beth has really just started in that role in January, um, you know, she's she's really just uh, jumped off with a lot of um, uh, improvement in being able to connect with partners in the community because we do see the work that we do as a partnership. And we've always valued the partnership that we have with Spectrum Health and Zealand Hospital um, because we need each other to be able to serve the survivors that we have. So um, our sexual assault expansion is going to hopefully better reflect the, the numbers that are out there. We know that um, there are hundreds of calls that come into law enforcement about sexual assault, but we're not seeing those numbers play out in our exams that we have. And so, um, you know, I want to maybe just talk a little bit about what happens in those exams, because it's important that people do understand that, um, you know, when somebody has experienced some kind of um, sexual assault, uh, that that they can reach out to resilience. They can reach out to the 24-hour helpline. Um, our helpline is available whenever somebody wants to talk, if they have questions they need to ask, if they're wondering about what to do, we can certainly make sure that people have the information that they need. And we can kind of walk them through the steps um, of what they might want to do um, in their particular situation. So it's always about choice. The wonderful thing about resilience is that all of our services here are free. Every single thing that we do here is free. And so it's not going to cost anything to give us a call, to come in for services, to talk to somebody, to get the support and resources that they need. Um, and so it's it's super helpful uh, when somebody experiences something, they don't have to worry about insurance. They don't have to worry about someone finding out that they were here, right? We're not only free, we're confidential. Um, and so we're trying to make sure that people have what they need. We use the language of healthy and safe, right? Our goal mm -hmm. is to make sure that you're healthy and safe. And so um, all of our services are designed to really support that. So you said people can reach out if they're looking for an initial way, either by that um, phone hotline or they can walk in, correct? Yeah. So during the business hours, nine to five, they can walk into the building and, and ask for help. So we always have staff available uh, for individuals who want to talk, uh, who might need a personal protection order and want help walking through that process. If they want to meet with our nurse or to talk about um, a recent sexual assault, something that's happened. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're available. And so we always make sure that we have staff available every single day to do that. 
we also have uh, appointments. So one thing about our sexual assault program is that our, our, um, our patients have an appointment. So they're able to come at a time that's convenient for them. Um, and so if somebody is going to reach out to us, we're going to first ask, what do you need and how can I help? Right. And so if they're not sure what they need, we'll help them process through about what that might look like. Um, so tell us what's happened, what, what's bringing you in today or what's, you know, what's going on that we can help you with. And then we'll kind of sort through that and figure out what that next step might look like. And we give options because all of our services are voluntary. We don't force anybody to do anything, but we can provide options and then they can choose what they'd like to do. Um, you know, we do have a lot of our work is sort of crisis oriented, but we do have, you know, we, we have therapy available. So we have long-term therapy uh, that someone could obtain if that's something that they wanted or, you know, felt like that was the next step for them. I mean, we do have transitional housing, so people can get into homes and sort of get that leg up to be out independently on their own after leaving an abusive situation. So there are some longer term supports that we have in addition to some of the, um, the crisis work. And then we have a whole yeah. department of prevention uh, and education that is out in the community working with men as allies and working to help educate our community about the issues. Yeah, so several wonderful services that Resilience offers. Well, we are sad that we've run out of time, but we thank you so much for being here, Suzanne, and speaking all about the services at Resilience. And until next week, Zealand Community Hospital wishes you well. Thanks for listening to Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.